Hello and welcome to the Battleline Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. Welcome to episode 50 of the Battleline Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me is the Director of Publications. My co-host on this podcast, my co-host in life, Major Jamie Satterley. Jamie, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. First day in the office after spring break. So, you know, that, you know, got to clean out that email box. But I'm feeling good, rested. <laughs> For sure. Re- rejuvenated. We ready also, to go. We also have with us here our co-host, our producer, our media and marketing manager. Her job title is mm. <laughs> the one who really makes this whole thing work. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm just totally jazzed. How about you? Hey, no alliteration today. Totally jazzed. I'll take it. That's awesome. (laughs) So today we have a a very special guest with us, Lieutenant Colonel David Davis, who is stationed here at NHQ. Uh, He is an Eastern Territory officer, although originally from the South. From New Orleans, I believe. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) (laughs) But he came to NHQ from the Eastern Territory. And so uh, some of his responsibilities include uh, being a liaison with Capitol Hill. So we've invited him here to talk about what that really looks like when the Salvation Army goes to the Hill. What are we doing over there? The people want to (laughs) know. So we're going to find out today. How are you doing this morning, Colonel? I'm feeling fine. Thank you for having me on the program today. We're excited you're here because I have I got questions. Oh, okay, <laughs> I hope I have answers. <laughs> so as you heard, he uh, Colonel, part of his responsibility is liaison with Capitol Hill. So before Colonel, we're going to ask you to tell you a little bit about yourself. My first question for you is, who did you vote for in the last election? <laughs> oh wow! You know I don't even remember that it was so long ago. <laughs> All right, no, please, please. It, it, it's sort of a a private. Uh, thing within the family as well. <laughs> please, uh, please tell us about yourself. Like you said, uh, some people are going. Well, he's a, he's from New Orleans, but he's an Eastern officer. So tell us about yourself. How long have you been a Salvation Army officer? Uh, who you married to? How many kids you have? And then what is your official title? And what is your current appointment? Sure, sounds good. Well, I'm, I'm married to my beautiful wife Margaret, and I have two wonderful uh, daughters, uh, Brittany and uh, Alexa. Uh, both are young adults living in New York City. Um, and my journey with the Army started uh, years ago in the scouting program that was offered by the local Salvation Army. In hey, New shout, out. New shout, out to, shout out to troops. Shout yeah, out to troops. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, since then, um, I was hooked. That was the hook that really kept me going. Uh, um through my um, youth years. Um, so um, from from that point to where I am today, so I owe it to the scouting program. Um, and, and so in terms of uh, service in the Army, I've been an officer about 28 years. Um, and um, something unique to that is um, I was an officer before I met my wife. And so um, my wife wasn't an officer at the time that I met her. So you know, the policy is I had to step out. Um, so I did that. And then my wife uh, received her calling to officership um, later, 10 years later, um, to be exact. So she went into training in the East 
1996. So, um, so we're enjoying ministry uh, in the Army, and my current role is the National Social Services and Public Policy Liaison, uh, and also Special Representative to Capitol Hill. So whenever, yeah. So whenever people special representative, yeah, I am special. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> so so uh, whenever people hear me say my title, they like, man, that was long. <laughs> so, so I like. So I try to you know break it down. If I'm working on one thing of social services, or you know that I'll, I'll say just that. But if it's the the hill work, then I'll say you know, special rep to Capitol Hill. I like that little French accent you put on there. The liaison. That's that New Orleans. That's that New Orleans coming out. (laughs) Liaison. So, okay. So as you're in your role as the special representative, I can't, I'm not going to do a French accent. Liaison. (laughs) The Arkansas doesn't lend itself to French accents. It it doesn't work well. So uh, what, what are some of your responsibilities when it comes to Capitol Hill? Like, what does a special representative do? Um, a lot. <laughs> but in terms of, of, uh, of uh, some of the specifics, um, I function to connect the, the Army with national um, leaders, uh, members of Congress, um, and the various uh, you know, federal government agencies. So um, that will take on a form in terms of uh, making meetings with members of Congress uh, for the national commander, the national chief, and my wife and I. And so um, we have opportunity to make our presence known on the Hill. And um, you will be surprised at the response that we get uh, when we visit members of Congress, um, which is uh, to, of course, our benefit, the Army's benefit. So um, basically to help them understand uh, who we are, what we do, um, and the, the really out uh, reach that we have. So we are the um, number one non-governmental um, social services provider in the country um, with, you know, serving over 22 million a year um, and um, covering every zip code uh, with about 6,900 uh, service locations. So given that reach, uh, we will be able to offer our assistance um, as requested by them or um, uh, as on an unneeded basis. That's great, Colonel. Uh, listen, uh, to, uh, to our listeners out there, there is no better uh, person to be our special representative than Lieutenant Colonel David Davis. This man is like, just like, he, he's never met a stranger before in his life. So he's he's the man you want. I, I've seen this man like in the in the cafeteria get his food put it down and then go around and talk to every single person in the NHQ dining room and then come back to his food. So, um, uh, he's the guy that we want in the room. So Colonel, here's my question. We want to remind people first off, cause we, I, I think, and maybe you could just talk to us a little bit. You are not a lobbyist. You're not no. walking around saying, Hey, like, what can the Salvation Army do for you? What can you do for the Salvation sure. Army? Can, Let me, can, I'm going to leave this cash on the table and then maybe you can make, <laughs> make a vote on our behalf. It's not so, that at all. No, so, it's, it's, it's nothing like that. I mean, as you know, we, we serve um, people across the country with the greatest need. And so basically, we want to be able to tell that story. 
to make sure that uh, Congress is aware of what we're doing, our capacity, and to be able to offer our assistance to them in helping the people that they serve. So that's what it's really about, uh, making them aware um, and uh, sometimes really putting a, a face with the name. So uh, that goes a long way with being able to say, yes, I know that person, I've met with that person. And so that dialogue then helps trickle down through the services that we provide um, as we connect out to the field. Cool. And that, so can you talk about that? What are what are those meetings like when you meet with a congressman or a congresswoman? Um, not only are you meeting uh, with with on behalf of national leaders and national leadership, but you do, like you said, you try to connect them back to the Salvation Army back home so that when they're back home with their constituents, that's a fancy word, um, back to the people that voted for them, uh, they can connect the army there. So tell us, just tell us a little bit. What do those meetings look like when you're walking into a congressman or congresswoman's office? Well, first, they're, they're glad to see us. Um, and so the, the sit down and the conversation uh, is always warm. And uh, we get to know them uh, through um, their conversations that they share with us. Um, and then um, we are able then to be able to talk about exactly what we can do to help um, this growing uh, dilemma of poverty in our country. And so we were able to say, hey, listen, in your district or in your state, uh, these are some of the things that we're doing. Um, are there areas that you need support in? And uh, you'll be um, interested to know that many of them say, yeah, there are areas that uh, we, we do need help with. Uh, we can't do it all. And we understand that because no one agency, no one um, government can do everything. So it takes everybody coming together and collaborating we're trying to meet the needs of, of the citizens. Citizens, and you, and you, and you meet. I didn't uh, ask you this ahead of time, but you meet with with lawmakers on both sides of the aisles, right? You're not. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit in a minute, but like you, you, you're reaching out to Republicans, to Democrats, to Independents, to everybody, right? That that is correct. Um, in in that sense of nonpartisan. So, um, the the fact is, our focus is on the people that we serve not the person who holds the office. And so no matter what um, they are perceived as on both sides of the aisle, um, we are concerned about the people in the districts or in the state that they serve. So we will meet with uh, anyone that will give us opportunity uh, to share uh, what we're about and how we can help them in serving the people in their uh, districts. That's great stuff, Colonel. I think our, our listeners needed to hear that, and that's such a word for, for the culture in which we live today. Yeah, you're right. I think it's easy for us to get caught up in those kind of things and you know, say, well, maybe we're not talking to people on both sides, but it, at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't – I mean, it matters, but to our service, it doesn't. Our service is you know, to the people. That's correct. You know, the, all of humanity, right? Correct. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who has a need, that's who we're there to serve. Can you tell us a little bit or maybe a story um, where you, you might have had a moment where you were meeting with, a, um, you know, somebody on the Hill and, you, you know, maybe something with the collaboration just came together. You thought, OK, this is really like just made all of this this effort that we do over there worthwhile. Yeah, there, there's a couple <clears throat> a couple I can share with you. Um, I won't use the name of the member, but I, I will just share in general. 
that as a result of um, our sharing our capacity and, and then also what we were able to provide in the district of that member, um, we are now moving towards um, developing a MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, with that office in terms of working uh, together to meet the needs of the people in the district of that particular member. So that is not something that um, is on uh, uh, the books, if you will, but it's something that we are working towards and we hope to be able to um, wrap this up within the month so that uh, we can um, basically, whatever request they get from their um, citizens of their district, they will then reach directly to the Salvation Army uh, to help meet that need. And then we will report back to them if we were able to um, assist that person in need. Very cool. You said you had, did you have another story? Yeah, yeah. So um, another uh, member um, has been very um, gracious uh, to the Army in, in support. And in particular, we've uh, honored that person. We've invited that person to speak at one of our national conferences and uh, this person is working with the local Salvation Army uh, to help um, build a shelter uh, in the community. And so during the conference, this particular member indicated that uh, they were going to pledge a million dollars towards uh, that project. So it would serve uh, those who are homeless in the community. Very cool. To- uh, Colonel, do you also like we said, congressmen and congresswomen? But do you also meet with uh, anybody outside of the uh, legislative branch of government? I mean, do you get to meet with anybody from the Secretary of State or the vast de- government departments that we have? We, we do, um, and there are layers of of um, governmental departments and and lay uh, persons, but um, we work with. Um, Department of Education, um, Agriculture. There's about seven different departments that we work with to, again, uh, inform of our capacity, but also to see where there are opportunities to collaborate with them as well. And, and that would also include uh, the White House uh, as well. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Colonel. So, uh, and, and to our listeners, there, the Salvation Army has international position statements. And we have an international position statement on the Salvation Army and the state. If you don't know what it says, if you've never heard of this, I I urge you right now, listeners, well, wait till this podcast is over and then go and Google Salvation Army international position statement, the Salvation Army and the state. All right. It's how the Salvation Army interacts with government. The Salvation Army is, according to our position statement, nonpartisan. As much as sometimes people wish we were. The Salvation Army is nonpartisan. So my question to you, Colonel, is, uh, and I know when it gets into politics, it gets into touchy subject, but how is this helpful to the mission that the Salvation Army is nonpartisan when you're the guy walking into Capitol Hill? Well, well again, um, by that particular term says that we are able to meet with and collaborate with the offices of um, both sides of the aisle to really focus on the needs of the people. 
And, and that, again, is our focus, is meeting the needs of those uh, persons in the district or in the state of the members that they serve. So, so there is no misunderstanding. We're not um, siding with anyone but the people that needs the service. I love that. I love that. How does the work that you do on the Hill uh, help the Salvation Army across the nation? Well, we give opportunities um, through the public policy uh, department to um, arrange uh, meetings with um, local um, advisory um, or members of the Corps who have particular programs that they are operating that may um, be looking for uh, avenues of uh, funding. And so they're able to um, meet with the member or a, a staff of the member to ask questions and to see where there is funding streams available for them to tap into to help uh, run their operations. Very cool. All right, Colonel, thanks for talking with us. Before we ask the last question, we'll just give you this last thing. What what do you want people to know about, uh, what's your last word? What do you want people to know about what you do, uh, about what the Army does? If they had questions and thoughts like that, what do you just want them, what do you want them to know? Last words are yours. Well, just to know that uh, on the national level, we are um, working hard to bring resources to the field as uh, best possible from our end of things. And that um, it would be helpful if on the local level, if they could uh, make it a point to visit their local um, leaders, political leaders. That's great. So um, that just gives them an opportunity to have a, um, a foot in the door, a seat at the table perhaps. And uh, as you know, uh, if, if you're visible, you're, you're able to be seen and perhaps through that, um, uh, resources will become more available to you. That's good. So uh, without that visibility, you know, you, you, they won't know what your needs are. So we That's need to put them excellent. on the table and a visit, you know, a letter, an invitation to them to come and uh, see, a, uh, see a program, participate in a program uh, goes a long way. That's great, Colonel. That's good homework for our listeners. If uh, you should reach out and contact your local uh, congressman, congresswoman, when they're they have to go home, so when they're That's at home, correct. you can do that. Also, they have a home office as well. But also, if you don't know who your congressmen and congress, who your representatives are, you can do that with an eagle easy Google search. I think Major Jamie, I can uh, just talk to her here for a moment. Let her maybe talk to this. I remember when we were in Florida, she had the phone numbers of her representatives right there by her office, so that she could uh, whenever. You know, something would happen. She, it's it's our job as Americans to reach out to our representatives. Um, they they represent us. So, Major Jamie, I don't know if you want to talk to that just to wrap this up. No, I mean, yeah, I think people don't really understand, uh, or maybe they, it's just not a thought about how um, accessible really your representatives are. And so, you know, whether it's by email or by letter or by phone, there are people who are, um, you know, staffing and all those kind of things. And it's true. I wasn't calling on behalf of the Salvation Army. Um, I was calling on behalf of myself as a concerned citizen of the United States, wanting to make sure that, um, you know, that my voice was heard in the process. And so I would call and talk to, you know, staffers and, uh, you know, generally they're, 
very friendly and wanting to hear, you know, there's a process for all of that. And so, uh, it was very easy. Uh, you just Google it. Uh, there's a website, um, you know, where you can just pull up all the contact information. If you want to send an email, if you want to send a letter, if you want to call sometimes if it's, you know, depending on what's happening in the world at that time, it's hard. It might be hard to get somebody on the phone, but, uh, sometimes they call you back and either way, you know, you leave a message or you're making your voice heard. And I think that's an important thing, uh, is just to be a part of the process. Right. And even on, like we we're saying with Colonel Davis, his part of the process isn't about lobbying or making his opinion known or saying, this is what the Salvation Army thinks, because we don't do that. We're nonpartisan. But it is saying, hey, how can the Salvation Army come alongside the people in in these communities and be of help? Like, that's what we're here for. So uh, everybody has a part to play in the system. So we got to we got to play our part. Yeah, like what Major Jamie's saying there is when you call, uh, once you find your representative's phone number, don't expect your congressman and congresswoman to answer the phone. <laughs> they, oh, only, yeah. they only answer the phone when Lieutenant Colonel David Davis calls. Marco then, Rubio never answered my, but I talked to lovely staffers. <laughs> uh, and, and the other guy's name is slipping me, but his staffers were quite nice to you. All right. Major Jamie, you want to ask our last question of the day? Yeah, absolutely. So he asked this question. Uh, every guest we have, or every time we do an episode, you know, I think it's important. Sometimes it's easy to get uh, bogged down in the weight of the world, but we also want to focus on you know, the things that we're thankful for and what is bringing us joy. So that's our question for you today, Colonel. What is giving you joy right now? Well, in terms of my direct work, um, just to see how open um, the members of Congress are at hearing our story and being a very supportive of what we're trying to accomplish in terms of our mission. And uh, really some great um, results as, a, as uh, we've been able to meet with the members of Congress. In addition to that, as I was saying to your husband, uh, Major Matt, is I enjoy a very good, delicious, hot muffin on Tuesday mornings. Mm-hmm. So that gets me going. Yes. To, Listen, to, I campaigned uh, to the the powers that be. I was like, can can she, Muffin Tuesday be her, forever? She called her Salvation Army representative. I called my representative and was like, hey, my understanding is this is temporary, but I want this to be a permanent fixture because those warm muffins on Tuesday morning make the world go round. So if we could keep that. You see, and that's exactly <laughs> it. That makes all the difference. Thank you, Major Jamie, because now every Tuesday – I have a hot muffin. Yes. Two two follow up questions. Works. Two follow up questions, <laughs> Colonel Davis. One, what's your favorite kind of muffin? A banana nut. Okay, and two, I this I should ask this earlier, but just ballpark it for us. Since you've been in this appointment, how many members of Congress have you probably met with? What's the What's the number? I believe uh, that's about one ten, one twelve, something around there. 112. That's good. When you said one and paused, we were all scared for a second. So. <laughs> well, I just remember you said pause, so I, I had to pause because I was trying to figure out the number count. 110, 112 meetings with Congress. That's amazing, Colonel. Thank you for doing that. Jamie or Elizabeth, whoever wants to go, what's giving you joy? Elizabeth, go ahead. You go first. 
Well, I just want to say I've loved the muffin chat. That's just so fab. Um, so I'm going to go. Um, jelly beans have been so rad. I just this love This is your them. time to shine right now, this season. Yes. So Elizabeth, I love jelly do you beans. Like, yeah. Do you like like the bougie jelly beans, like Jelly Belly, or you like the like, regular old school Walmart <laughs> said, jelly beans? Do you like the bougie yeah. jelly beans or you like the Dollar General <laughs> jelly beans? No, I'm really happy you asked because I went to my local CVS and they only had the fancy ones. And that's just mm. not my jam. So I had, to, I had to go to another establishment and find the good stuff. It's like so two bags. Go, now they should be on sale. Because it's post Easter. <laughs> okay, I have to go. Well, I couldn't wait. I didn't want to risk, you know, them not having. It. So yeah. I got two for seven. I don't know if that's a good deal or not. I'm not really, you know, an expert in the field. Yeah. So Dollar General, <laughs> CVS, Jelly Bellies, not a sponsor. But if you guys want to sponsor the show, hook get us up. Major Jamie, what what's giving you joy, Major Jamie? So we just got back from spring break. Don't you steal mine. Don't you steal mine. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. We didn't you talk about it. this beforehand. So we just got back from spring break and we got to see a part of the country we've never been to before. Neither neither one of us have been there. The girls hadn't been. Um, so we went and we went to Vermont, which uh, Vermont was very different than what I expected it to be. Uh, but we had a great time there. And then we went over to Niagara Falls. Also very different than what I expected it to be, but in the opposite direction. <laughs> But it was just great to see, uh, you know, parts of the country that we haven't been in. It was great to be on vacation. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> just, just have a little bit of time off and to just hang out with my kids. They're growing at a rapid rate, 16 and 13. You know, they're getting to those stages where they don't really care what mom has to say. But, you know, on vacation, we all seem to, you know love each other and it's fantastic <laughs> I, I was gonna say the same thing that's given me joy was same almost the same thing I, I i will just point out one of the cool things that happened to us is when we were up in vermont we just said there was a you know jamie said let's go see how maple uh, syrup is made and so we just swung into this little farm and it was like sugar I mean, houses it, they're all over the place we swing and there's like three <laughs> grizzled farmers on this dirt road <laughs> my kids behind us are like well we're about to get murked <laughs> but uh, we uh, we just asked the guy, he's like, hey, can you show us the process? And the guy was like, absolutely. So this like grizzled Vermont farmer gave us like a just a private family tour of how they tap the trees, how the sap comes out, how they put it. And they took us into the uh, shed, which the my daughters house. were really like, oh, now we're definitely getting murked. Going to end up <laughs> in a well, ice. This is going to be a podcast one day. Yeah. True crime podcast. Dun, dun, true crimes <laughs> with the battle line podcast. And then, uh, but he showed us how like... Like they put the sap into this, these machines and how they heat it up and how they give a syrup. So it was very cool. He didn't have to do that. Give us like a little private family. Tour yeah, I mean, really, of, we were just going to like look at like poke around and then just buy maple syrup. But he gave us a full fledged tour. Talk to us about like the the exact conditions that have to happen for you people to get your syrup <laughs> is crazy. Uh, something about like the temperature at night and the temperature in the day and the wind blowing a certain way and just all these things to allow the sap to come out of the tree and then the different colors. It's fa- It was a fascinating, yeah. it was fascinating process. Temperature defines taste. I had no idea, but there yeah, you go. And then, so. and then we bought, brought home some maple syrup and it was glorious. While we were in there, he gave us these little like Dixie cup shot glasses of syrup and he was like, just drink it. <laughs> we were like, right, my kids right. were like, we could just drink the syrup. <laughs> I was like, yeah, just that's nope. what the, the man said it. Just drink it. 
<laughs> Note for the audio, it was Major Jamie that used the phrase shot glasses, not Matt Satterly. <laughs> but it was, yeah. So I was like, well, we're definitely going to get diabetes now. <laughs> we're just chugging this syrup. Like it's no, it was good syrup though. And we did indeed bring us home some maple we syrup. We did not get Vermont. murked and we did not get the sugars, as they say in the South. Yes. So Colonel Davis, lovely. thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you have further questions, comment on this or hit us up and we would be glad to be able to, uh, uh, get in contact with Colonel David Davis. If people have follow-up questions or anything like that, he doesn't have his own website, but, um, he, uh, is the you man. You should. You're the special representative. <laughs> you should have a website. The liaison. <laughs> liaison. <laughs> Thanks, Colonel. That. Thanks, Colonel, for being with us. That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to check out the Peer website at peermag.org and follow Peer on the socials at peer.magazine. Until next time, this has been the Battleline Podcast. Bye, everybody.